0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: What's going on, everybody? R.J. Ochoa here from SB Nation's blog the Hope all is wherever well you are. We hope you're happy, safe, and healthy and I trust that the end of that game was uh, a little bit thrilling for you. This is our Dallas Cowboys post game show here on the blog and the boys YouTube channel. We do also stream this live to our blog and the boys Facebook page. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please like us on Facebook. We do also podcast this for you as well available on the blog and the boys podcast network. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, leave a rating, write a review. Those things are always appreciated. We have a lot to unpack as the Dallas Cowboys successfully ultimately defeated the Washington football team in Landover, Maryland at FedEx field the worst stadium in the nfl the final score 27 to 20 uh some really nice things uh things to take away uh they were definitely happy about and pumped about and interested by but definitely some things to um maybe panic over is uh is an aggressive way to put it but definitely some things to sort of freak out about now if you were busy if you didn't get a chance to watch if you're with us live and you just want to vent the dallas cowboys defense was fantastic on sunday in washington Um, Micah Parsons may have cemented his status as the NFL's defensive player of the year. He is obviously son of the defensive rookie of the year award uh, a long time ago. But Micah playing extremely well. Randy Gregory played extremely well. Dorrance Armstrong played extremely well. Neville Gallimore, Demarcus Lawrence, on and on and on and on. We have a lot of winners, obviously, that we'll get to mostly on the defensive side of the ball. We do have winners, losers, and honorable mentions to get to as as well as all of your comments. Most of the losers are on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that we are feeling like losers because we have trusted this offense. We have put a lot of hope and a lot of belief into this offense because this offense has put a lot of hope and belief into us by the actions that they've had. This offense has performed time and time and time again prior to really the Dallas Cowboys playing the Denver Broncos. Uh, The Cowboys obviously returned from their win in Minnesota, and they were really flat offensively there, and we obviously understood why because Dak Prescott was not playing. It was Cooper Rush, et cetera, et cetera. Things are going to settle. Things are going to be fine. Cowboys get blasted by the Broncos. No big deal. They throw some monkey butt on it. They come out. They dominate the Atlanta Falcons all right, cool, we're awesome, and they go to Kansas City, they're not great, we try to reason and bargain with ourselves that things are just a matter of playing an ascending defense in the Chiefs, a tough place to play at Arrowhead, they're not that great against the Raiders on Thanksgiving, yes, they had a nice fourth quarter offensively, they were really flat last week, last Thursday in New Orleans, they really just had the 58-yard touchdown by Tony Pollard, who did not play in Washington today, and then today, the Cowboys in Washington put up one offensive touchdown, uh, and barely squeaked by, even though Dak Prescott kind of did everything he could to literally throw this game away from the Cowboys, or for the Cowboys rather. So a lot to get to, and I'm going to spoil it for you. Dak is really the biggest loser, and I think we all have some uh, concerns. A win is a win, and tomorrow is Victory Polo Monday, and that's the most important thing. The Cowboys have effectively won the NFC East. It is uh, going to be impossible for them to lose it at this point. However, it was impossible for them to lose this game in Washington, and they flirted heavily with that possibility down there at the very end. Uh, so a lot to get to a lot of layers to this onion. So let's go ahead and get into it. Like I said, this is your post game show, whatever you want to talk about, whatever direction you want to go. I am driven by your comments. I am merely your puppet. You control uh, the strings. Um, what does that make you? Um, it's not the mannequin. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but whatever. Vance Williams, first super chat. Thank you, Vance. Glad to get the win against the team with no name, but for the offense, I am concerned. The Irishman style. I've never seen the Irishman myself. Uh, I did watch Tick, Tick, Boom last week. My wife has never seen Harry Potter, so we started to watch the movies last night. That's kind of what I'm into at this moment. Uh, I've heard great things about the Irishman, but yeah, this is, um, it's like it's well past the point. You know, early it was fair to say, well, we're not going to panic about the offense. We're not going to freak out. You can panic. You can freak out. You can, it's more than just wonder why it's more than just, they look off. It's more than just things aren't totally clicking. No, this is a really bad, really dysfunctional, really inept offense. This offense couldn't get it done. You know, there were back-to-back possessions last week against New Orleans where the Cowboys defense forced turnovers and the Cowboys offense went three and out. And we saw that. Yes, they got the first down today at the very end of the game to ice it. Congratulations to Dak Prescott, finally running something we've all been wanting to see for a long time. We understand why he doesn't, but still it is an element to his game that can help. Uh, but the Cowboys, I mean, offensively, the, the pick six right there at the very end, I mean, what's going on? This team just cannot get it done offensively. It's more than they just can cannot get it done. This, this offense is actually hurting the overall cause. And that's why we're at the point where we're ready to panic we're ready to freak out etc uh murder she wrote thank you for the super chats is victory polo monday and we owe it all again to the defense offense hmm yeah uh feeling very 2006 chicago bears ish not that Dak is rex grossman by any means but that's what it feels like it feels like this defense is good for some turnovers some takeaways maybe a score they've had back-to-back scores obviously uh over the last two weeks this defense is really what's keeping this team alive right now this offense has not gone against an elite offense in fact You know the offense they went up against today in Washington was led by Taylor Heineke, who's cute and everything, but you know nothing to really be intimidated by. And even he got hurt. I mean, you got a combination of Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, and I don't recognize Kyle Allen as a fight in Texas Aggie. We don't have to get into that, but um, the fact that you can't easily outscore them, the fact that you know after the Jordan Lewis fumble recovery, the Cowboys got the ball at the Washington twenty-five yard line. The fact that that is a field goal. It's not a not a uh, even a first down, not even you know not a touchdown, obviously, and so. It's it's difficult. It's difficult to trust this offense, this team in the overall. Um, it's tough right now. Calvin uh, Patel, thank you for the super chat, says, no troll or joke, but what is up with Dak? The mechanics on his throws and can't read defense. Is his calf still bothering him? I think we're in this place where we have this very vague question, and I'm monitoring to see if there are any comments coming out in the post game from any of the players speaking to the local media. But you call it his calf? I mean, th- it's fair to call it a calf, by the way, as the Buccaneers go up uh, almost uh, extra point pending 7 0 on the Bills. We want the Bucks to lose this game, by the way. But if, if you look at the timeline, right, the calf is obviously a break point, right? Dak was really good prior to the calf injury. Dak has been really not good since the calf injury. Is the calf injury. To blame for that, you know, it's fair to wonder. It's fair to ask that out loud. It's, it's, you know, that that's really the most explainable explanation, I think. Um, but man, it's tough. And you know, they they talked obviously on the broadcast about Dak against the Blitz and how teams aren't blitzing him, etc. You get deeper into the season, and obviously teams play you differently. And so it is a combination of factors in in this hosts personal assessment but he is i mean it it looks clunky It, it looks like he's pulling teeth it looks like he's forcing i've talked about this many times before if you've listened to me or if you watched our videos here at blogging the boys Dak has told the story before from when he worked with John Kitna. John Kitna used to use a Golden Corral analogy with him. Uh, if you've ever been to eat a Golden Corral, which most people have, it's a buffet. And he, you know, the story that Dak has told, and I can tweet the video out after this and you can see it, is that John Kitna's philosophy is, look, everybody gets in line at Golden Corral and waits for the prime rib at the end of the line. We're not going to do that. We're going to get in line, but we're going to take everything in front of us. We're going to take the chicken fried steak. We're going to take the fried fish. We're going to take the slices of pizza and the spaghetti and the rolls and all that stuff. And Dak's just not taking that. It does feel like Dak is aiming for the prime rib over and over and over and over. And he's just forcing and pressing these big plays and trying to make something out of nothing when there is something there. It's not the big something, but it is something. Um, and so ultimately right now, it's it's tough. I don't think that's a troll question at all. Uh, Kenneth Cook, thank you for the super chat, says loser, Dak, and Zeke. I'm hard-pressed to put Zeke into the loser category just because he's clearly ailing. Uh, I think it was an admirable effort. But, yeah, not a great game for Zeke, obviously, uh, if we're calling, you know, everything straight up. Uh, Anthony, thank you for the Super Chat. says, sorry for the Twitter pessimism. I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan and a Cowboys fan. All I know is pain. Love the pod. And thank you very much, Anthony. And we'll take the ugly W. That's the thing. And we said this after the Saints game. No Cowboys fan is going to sit here because you are probably going to run into somebody, whether it's on Twitter, online, in your real life, on Reddit, in some forum, on one of our threads at theboys.com and somebody's going to tell you, stop complaining. Somebody's going to say, you know what? Just be happy. Why can't you just be happy? Why are you being so negative? You know why we're being negative? Because we expect more. We want more than to just barely eke out a win against the New Orleans Saints led by Taysom Hill and the Washington football team led by a combination of Taylor Heinicke and Kyle Allen. We expect more. This team is effectively in the playoffs. Again, the NFC East title is not confirmed, but it is all but secured at this particular point in time for the Cowboys as they have four games left in the regular season. We want more. Yes, we're all going to line up. We're all going to buy the caps and the t-shirts. They're going to be under our Christmas trees for Christmas Day. What is it? You know, two weeks from now. Um, and that's going to be awesome. Pumped. I'm going to add the NFC East championship Captain my collection. However, I have bigger wants than that. You have bigger wants than that. So yes, we're all happy that the Cowboys won. And the reason we're being negative is because they barely won. They won in spite of their franchise quarterback. And Before we go any further, um, I do want to say that we have reached this weird point with Dak Prescott, at least the things that I have seen, where, you know, as an OG Dak defender, and, and you are likely one yourself, there were days where we used to have to have arguments with people. We used to have to explain how awesome he was and how people didn't appreciate it, including the Cowboys, and it took forever for him to finally get the deal. And at some point over the last year, over the last 365 days or so, we crossed into this world where now if you criticize Dak Prescott in any capacity, you are lumped into that hater club and you are painted as somebody who doesn't believe in Dak Prescott. You are painted as somebody who's doubting that he can never be a great quarterback again. Dak Prescott is a great quarterback in the overall. He has proven that time and time and time again. That is one truth. Another truth is that Dak Prescott has been awful over the last six weeks. Dak Prescott was almost the reason, the sole reason that the Dallas Cowboys lost and blew this game to the Washington football team. Dak Prescott right now is holding the Cowboys team back. This is new uncharted territory for a lot of people, but it's very reminiscent, I think, of early 2018 Dak Prescott before Amari Cooper showed up. Maybe if you want to go back a little bit further the first three games of Ezekiel Elliott suspension in 2017 the Cowboys offense looked broken in those stretches they weren't winning games like they are right now and ultimately right now that makes this better but they are so bad and clunky and stuck in just a clutter on offense that they can't get out of their own way so that's why uh that's why we're negative because we have higher hopes fkit crutch says loser the offense and wonder boy more figured out yeah I mean I think that the the onus ultimately falls on Dak Prescott he is you know, call him the leader, quarterback, face of the franchise, et cetera. If you want to throw in the contract, I think that's done, but whatever. Dak is the guy who ultimately, you know, pulls the strings, you know, manhandles the controls and things like that. Kellen Moore is awful. Uh, let's let's be clear about that. You know, Washington had like what, like two defensive ends on their roster. Daniel wise is playing defensive end for them in this game. And Cowboys are insisting on running the ball up the middle. I don't understand Kellen Moore. This is a really obvious thing. I'm not going to pretend to know more about football than Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore is a genius. Kellen Moore is destined for great things. But, Kellen, this doesn't make sense. What you're doing here is is very, very, very peculiar. And I think something that should be said about Kellen Moore, and I'm in no way trying to defend him, but Kellen Moore is also limited by what he can call by his quarterback. Dak Prescott is limiting the potential of this Dallas Cowboys offense. That is a sentence that I never, ever, ever, ever thought that I would say in my life. But Dak Prescott has put a ceiling on the capability of this Cowboys offense. And so if you were Kellen Moore, if I was Kellen Moore, I mean, we would have the face of Jimmy Neutron, obviously, but we would not be able to do things because our quarterback is not able to accomplish them. So what can you do other than just run it a thousand times? Because that's all your offense is capable of doing right now. So it's, uh, it's a tough situation for Kellen Moore. Let's see here. I think we have a couple more super chats to get to here. Uh Eli Perkins thank you very much says what more does Dak need? He has everything. And this is an argument obviously that a lot of us have had too, right? We, we all wear and carry a lot of battle scars, right? We've had the you know Dink and Dunk argument. We've had the the you know is it Dak is it Zeke or whatever as uh, my uh, my Apple Watch thinks I'm talking to it. I'm not. We're on the show. Please uh be fine, but he's he's got you know, and the offensive line experienced some changes in this game, right? We saw Zach Martin go down, Tyron Smith go down, Lyle Collins get ejected. Lyle Collins not a winner on the list, but Lyle Collins a winner in here, baby, in the Corazon. Good job, Lyle, defending your quarterback, even though he's not playing very well. You should always defend your quarterback, which the Cowboys did not do during their last trip to the stadium a year ago when John Boss took a cheap shot on Andy Dalton. Um, and so, while the offensive line experienced some turnover, you've got Amari Cooper, you've got Michael Gallup, you've got C.D. Lamb. Yes, Tony Pollard is out in this game, but you have the weaponry. You have and what. What's more is not only do you have the skill position players, but you have the opportunities. We mentioned it a little while ago. Jordan Lewis recovers a fumble. You got 25 yards to go. You got 25 yards. That's nothing. That's, I mean, that's a sandwich at at half, you know, strength. I mean, that's nothing. And you can't even get a first down. So uh, this is a tough argument to uh, diffuse these days. Brian, thank you for the super chat. Says the Dallas Cowboys are a defensive team and we just need the offense to not be horrible to win. We have said that all year. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's it's funny how you know life can be funny, right? And football can be funny, and the Cowboys can be funny. And so something we have all said for I don't know the last twenty years, you know, through most of the days of Tony Romo, and obviously Dak Prescott now. And you know, there have been signs or, or times and in, in certain seasons, certain pockets where the Cowboys defense has played really well. But right now it's like, yeah, if, if you can just be an average offense, this team can be really great and really dangerous overall. That's kind of um the, the the pace that the Cowboys defense is playing at. It is very strange. Um it's um it's tough. It really is tough. But okay, let's keep going here. Uh Noise of the Boys podcast. Thank you very much. Says I'm the biggest Dak supporter there is, but that Dak Pick six was Carson Wentz-esque. Yeah. I mean, remember, was it like six, seven weeks ago when the Indianapolis Colts were in San Francisco and Carson had the was it the shovel pass that got picked off? That pick six at the end. I mean, what are you doing? Again, it's difficult. You know, a lot of the comments are, hey, you know, uh, explain what's happening here, what's going on. You can't, you can't explain it because some of these things are are. You know, they defy common sense and common logic. It's difficult because we've never seen Dak Prescott play like this. Uh, Ty Kasky, thank you for the super chat, says, is Dallas's defense good enough to beat Aaron Rodgers or Brady in the playoffs, especially how the offense is playing? I like this question. I think that this this is the defense we have wanted. Right. We have said many times before, if we could just have a defense that, you know, flips the field a couple of times, gives us some short fields, gives us some takeaways, some turnovers, if they can get a defensive score. Right. You know, if if they can level the playing field like that, we can take on those guys because our offense is elite. I don't know. I don't, I don't. You know, we have this defense is playing really well, and I don't want to take away any of their shine. But they've done it over these last two weeks now against Taylor Heineke and Taysom Hill, and so th- it does come with a little bit of salt. Uh, some some several grains of salt that you have to take to contextualize the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now I don't know how you how you could you know, rationally take the Cowboys over the Packers, over the Bucks, over the Cardinals. I mean, um, and I know a lot of you are going to say, oh, I think the Cowboys are going to beat the Cardinals in Week 17. Why? I mean, right right now, what is there to support that claim? Uh, because Arizona looks really well-rounded and the Cowboys' offense is limiting their overall potential. Um, okay, let's see here. We have another super chat. Thank you. You guys are in a generous mood today. Zach Leatherman says, since injury, Dak is hesitant and not seeing the field the same. Does he need a therapist? Geez. Um, I don't know if there's any malice in your question, Zach, I'm just going to say, I don't like the end of this question. Um, something that Zach, and this is totally independent of football. Uh, and again, I'm not, I don't want to put you in this box, Zach. Um, I don't know if you're you're being, you know, tongue-in-cheek here, but Dak has been a strong advocate for mental health. As we all know, we've talked about this at Blog and the Boys. We've talked about it on our shows and whatnot. So I don't like the inclusion of that. Um, I don't think that's fair. Um, I think we can stick to Dak's performance on the field. He has been not great as a quarterback. I want to get that comment off the screen just because again, Zach, I don't I don't want to, you know, pinch you that way and say that was your intention, but I don't like the the you know the the inferring that's happening there. Um, Dak has been really bad as a as a functional NFL player and that's that's kind of where where this ends right now um and and it's it's tough because this is a team that's going to the playoffs and it's so hard to get here it's so hard to get to this point to be a division champion to host a playoff game to be in the mix to be in the tournament and so the cowboys are going to have that they're going to have that and we should be able to celebrate that we should be right now we should be partying and we should be laughing and we should be you know making jokes about how the cowboys had the benches at the beginning of this game and how ron rivera you know begged washington fans to show up and they couldn't but we can't we can't do that because this offense is playing like basuda uh so you know it's um it's a tough situation it's it's a tough tough uh tough place to be in for the Dallas Cowboys Jay uh Arrowhead on Facebook says this game was closer than it should have been too many offensive mental breakdowns it really was I mean there's there's no way to to kind of you know get around this. um, The Cowboys offense made this game closer and and not just at the end. You know, I think people are going to focus on the pick six and say, Oh, you know what? Dak throws that pick six and that makes the game closer. That is true. However, this game was closer overall. I mean, it was 24, nothing at the half. It it should have been more than that. It should have been a, a bigger lead, and that's not being ridiculous. The Chargers, by the way, now up uh fourteen to seven, extra point pending on the Giants. Obviously, rooting for them. Um, it's it, you know we're not being ridiculous or crazy and saying the Cowboys should have been winning thirty eight to nothing in the first half, but they kind of should have. They, I mean, the, the Cowboys had every opportunity to score and score and score and score in the first half. And this, this game, if the Cowboys, this is, a I realize how stupid this sounds or how hollow this sounds, but if the Cowboys offense shows up, this game goes very much like the game against Atlanta, but the Cowboys offense, I mean, Greg Zerlein kicked four field goals in this game, four field goals the Cowboys had Greg Zerlein kick, um, and so it's, um, you know, it's tough, but Thankfully, the Cowboys um, do have – I do want to address this one question because a lot of you want to get to Micah Parsons, and we will. But Carlton, I do want to bring this up, says, Hey, RJ, do you think Dak is still worried about his ankle? Uh, there was a tweet um, that we got a blog on the boys during the game that said, Why isn't Dak Prescott running? And and I mean this in full seriousness. We know why. We, we know why Dak isn't running. It's – you know he, the season was ruined last year because Dak Prescott you know ran. And so – that's not to say Dak should never run. And you know, you I'm sure you have a take, not, not just you, Carlton, but a lot of people on, on what happens when players get hurt, whether they're the same in certain capacities and whatnot. And I think we have seen that Dak is definitely less inclined to run. He does not run unless he absolutely has to. Now, what's weird about that is I mentioned the Atlanta game, but Dak's, you know, lowering his shoulder in that game to get a meaningless touchdown at the end of the third quarter. And so we've kind of seen both. We've seen both ends of that spectrum, but um, it is very obvious that there is, um, you know, there there is that hesitancy from Dak Prescott, and it's not just running. I mean, the the, the first interception Dak threw was awful. I mean, again, just uh, really, 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 um, really strange performance from Dak Prescott late uh, lately. Tim, by the way, does bring up Dak is no longer an option for MVP at this point. I would only say to that, not that I think Dak is uh, is an option, but there is no like front runner. I just think that's interesting about about this NFL season because you know Patrick Mahomes is, is even. I obviously the Chiefs had a great win today, but you know you, you've had a lot of Matthew Stafford's falling off. Maybe Kyler Murray's the guy. Maybe Tom Brady's the guy. I mean, it's um it's interesting. But, um, okay, let's uh, let's get to some winners and losers. Well, actually, Zach, thank you for the super chat. Before we do, my question was poorly worded. Thank you, Zach. Again, I didn't want to put you in that that box. I didn't, you know, ma- I, I'm sure that wasn't your intention. Uh, Zach's uh, comment was implying it from a scared or injury standpoint. He's just not the same gunslinger scramble threat that he used to be. Totally agree. I mean, I totally agree with this. We, we have seen, there is there's, I said, hesitancy. There is a reluctance, right? There, there is a reluctance from Dak Prescott to be aggressive. And we're seeing that bleed over into the rest of the team uh, and into Kellen Moore, their, their offenses, you know, remember that, that quote, and we talked about it a thousand times early in the season where Kellen Moore said that their disposition on offense was to aggressively attack what defenses give them. That was his phrase to aggressively attack what defenses give them. And they haven't done that. I mean, they have kind of just tried to, tried to like, you know, force something, force their game plan against opposing offenses. They have not taken what defenses are giving them because, again, as evidenced by today, Washington's down all of their defensive ends. Why are you just running it up the middle? Why are you attacking their strength along the defensive line as opposed to aggressively attacking what they are giving you, what the weakness on that defense is? And we have not seen that from Kellen. We have not seen that from Dak. We have not seen that from the offense as a whole. Um, so uh, it's tough. It really is tough. Uh, STB 31 says we did get to enjoy watching Micah crush Heineke today, which was great. Hopefully Taylor Heineke is feeling well, by the way, um, we are going to be rooting against this Washington football team next weekend. I know it's going to make your blood boil. We are Eagles fans for the week. If Dallas wins next week in New York against the giants. And if the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Washington football team, you can order those division caps and division t-shirts. The Dallas Cowboys are NFC East champions, but Mention Micah Parsons, uh, dude is unreal. I mean, I don't think I have to say it. Uh, but Micah Parsons is, I mean, he's, he's the biggest winner, right? Micah Parsons is let's, let's give him all the honors here. Micah Parsons winner. I mean, how could he not be? How, I mean, how could Micah Parsons not be the team winner? Micah is a superstar. He is a freak. He is the fastest kid alive to quote super bad. I mean, he is the star of the game here. I'm, we're running out of superlatives that we can give Micah Parsons. I mean, he is, I, I mean, True or false? And I, I know what the answer is going to be, but true or false, he is the defensive player of the year. He's defensive rookie of the year. We know that. This T.J. Watt, sorry. Miles Garrett, sorry. Um, Aaron Donald, I mean, you can always be in the mix. But no, this is Micah Parsons' this. I don't care. And if he does not win it at this point, I will. I, I hate to play conspiracy theory, I will only believe it is possible that the NFL does not want to give it to a rookie. And I will tell you something, that the NFL is weird, and we, we very rarely see players win multiple awards um and and what i mean by that is it would be very rare for micah to win defensive rookie of the year and defensive player of the year obviously it's possible and obviously it would be stupid if he doesn't but the nfl uh is not afraid of being stupid as you well know so micah parsons i mean just again insane i mean what what is there to say about this
0: empty backfield pressure high
1: is jacked down he goes the ball is loose. it's picked with the sack forced to fumble and Dorrance Armstrong a defensive touchdown in back-to-back weeks for Dallas is there a better defensive player in the NFL I don't care that he's a rookie is there a better defensive player this year than Micah Parsons unbelievable
0: well clearly a sack let's make sure this
1: was a fumble Yeah, I think that ball's loose before Heineke hits the ground. I mean, man, man alive. He is, I mean, Dorrance Armstrong, by the way, makes the winner's list. Um, I mean, you, you score a defensive touchdown. You're going to be a winner, um, you know, 10 out of 10 times. But, you know, lots of you mentioning, Mike sack total. Let's get uh, fro life, no life. I mean, he is unreal. I mean, unreal, unbelievable. By the way, Pedro Pena Jr. says, can't believe the score was 24-0 at the half smh 24 nothing and it was a 27 to 20 win that is definitely depressing but um man i mean Lil boats uh says micah parsons is generational talent i mean he is you know he's crazy eddie by the way brings up a great point on the subject of defensive player of the year says tj watt has 16 sacks not gonna happen uh what i will say to that is i mentioned how the nfl doesn't like to give the same award to multiple people like micah in this case however The other thing I will add that is kind of working in Micah's defense here, no pun intended, is that he is on a playoff team. He is on a very visible team. Obviously, TJ Watt plays for a very visible team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. But right now, I mean, it's a different question, you know are the Steelers going to make the playoffs? It was 13 years ago that a Dallas Cowboys player was robbed of defensive player of the year by a Pittsburgh Steeler because the Dallas Cowboys were not in the playoffs. DeMarcus Ware should have been the defensive player of the year in 2008. I will say that forever and ever and ever and ever. And the NFL wrongfully took it from him and gave it to James Harrison. Had the Cowboys been a playoff team in 2008, that goes to DeMarcus Ware. So that might actually work uh, and Micah Parsons' benefit here. Uh, let's see. Steven says, Micah the Lionbacker Parsons. I love that nickname that has been floating around uh, for Micah Parsons. He has just been he's been awesome. Christopher Lopez says he is an unselflessness player. I think you mean selfless, but just making sure. Selfless player. That's why he's so good. He doesn't ask for more attention. He just plays. Jalen never acted like this. We don't have to take shots at Jalen Smith. You know, all the best to Jalen. We're just happy to have Micah Parsons. Little Boats does say that Micah Parsons uh, reminds me a lot of where Burmese star, by the way, says, I will die on that hill with you. That's right. DeMarcus Ware, 2008 defensive player of the year. Um, EK says we are starting to show a championship defense. You know what, EK? I agree because the Cowboys have multiple players on defense playing very, very, very well. We mentioned Micah Parsons as a winner. We mentioned Doran Armstrong. I'm going to throw Jordan Lewis in there. Jordan Lewis. I mean, Jordan Lewis, all he does is make plays. Like make, make place I mean that's that's all he does. Jordan, Jordan Lewis just shows up and makes plays. Uh, something else, you know, that is is, is just always appreciated. Um, it's uh, it's strange how Jordan Lewis always kind of finds a, a way uh, to get involved. More winners here, Randy Gregory. Welcome back, Randy Gregory. I like to call him Randall Gregorius on Twitter because I feel like that name is more encompassing of the personality that he carries on the field. Randy Gregory is a monster i mean randy has just been all season long and the cowboys clearly missed him uh mike by the way literally your comment just saw throwing randy gregory he is a monster randy has been amazing he has just been this perfect find for him for, for the cowboys and sp- speaking of demarcus Ware, had a play very reminiscent of demarcus Ware while wearing his number 94 look at this gotta
0: get to the 27 blitz is coming they see it no- Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: Man, I'm reading Mike McCarthy's comment, by the way, uh, asked about the Cowboys struggling to close this game out uh, and said, that's your narrative. This isn't fantasy football. I would have liked the game to be more open uh, in the second half, but at the end of the day, things happen. It's a great team win. Um, You know what, McCarthy? I... I in a weird way, I respect Mike McCarthy. He's, he's, you know, speaking of dying on Hills, he's dying on the Hill for his quarterback. My, Mike McCarthy, as much as we're all sitting here and complaining about Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy is not going to come out and trash his quarterback. He's not going to say, you know, awful or whatever. Dak's bad. We got to work on this, whatever. He knows it. I mean, we, we all know that he knows it. And I think that Mike McCarthy deserves an enormous amount of credit. Now, while he's obviously going to say what he has to say on behalf of Dak and, and the rest of the offense, but primarily Dak Prescott, um, Let's see. Oh, Watsamata uh, says, sorry, I'm late. Could you please recap the winner so far? Of course, Watsamata, anything for you. Thank you for the super chat. Our winners so far that we have discussed, Micah Parsons, Randy Gregory, Dorrance Armstrong, Jordan Lewis, and you're just in time for us to hand out our fifth winner, Watsamata, and it is Mike McCarthy. Now, I thought the guarantee from this week was stupid, if I'm being honest with you. I thought it was dumb, and I am somebody who likes to make a big deal out of little things like what Mike McCarthy said. I didn't think Mike McCarthy guaranteed a win. I didn't think Mike McCarthy was being, you know pompous or arrogant or you know whatever i thought mike mccarthy was just you know speaking honestly was just saying yeah we're gonna win that's the plan right like that and you know everybody had this argument online i thought ron rivera was pretty salty about it and i get why he did it and as a fan of the cowboys and of football in general i did love the kind of stirring of the pot you know ron rivera comes back and says well mike mccarthy made it about him mike mccarthy this and that keep in mind people ron rivera a week ago today literally begged the washington football team fans to show up and they did not. I know that we are live right now. But if you somehow went to the game and you're with us live, maybe in the car afterwards, or if you're watching us after the fact, or if you're listening after the fact and you went to today's game, congratulations, you are also a winner. But I thought Mike McCarthy really handled this well. I mean, really did. First game back, obviously, since returning from the COVID list himself. Um, and I'm curious, we have to talk about this. I'm you know, I've never talked about something like this on a post-game show before, but the benches, <laughs> the cowboys. Had some benches. Um, What do you believe? Uh, What do you believe? Do you believe the bench thing was on purpose? Do you believe the bench thing, uh, the report was, in case you missed it, maybe you were busy in the morning. Um, So the Cowboys did not use the benches that were provided to them by the Washington football team, by FedEx Field. These benches are where they sit, obviously, on the sideline, on the bench, literally speaking. They also are where they are warmed. Um, You know, the Cowboys are warmed or anybody's warmed who sits on them. Uh, because it's a little bit chilly Um, you know kind of 50s day today in Washington Um, so a little bit chilly if you're in the shade that could be kind of cold Um, so the Cowboys heard this was the report from ESPN um, they heard from the Seattle Seahawks who played on Monday Night Football in DC two weeks ago that the benches did not work properly and that they would go out now you know, this weather and a night game is probably pretty cold. So I understand the Seahawks, you know, and they lost that game. Maybe the Seahawks feel like they had some benches. Maybe things go differently for them. But um, so the Cowboys, you know, thought ahead of time, obviously have a lot of resources, um, got these benches from a company in Ohio and they were decked out in Cowboys logos and gear or whatever. And they showed up and everybody's all in a tizzy. I want to believe in my heart of hearts that this was like a plan and a ploy and, you know, Mike McCarthy trying to get in the heads of Washington. I don't think that that is real. Um, I would love to believe it, but I don't think that that's real. I think it's just a coincidence that, you know, kind of got – not coincidence, but it's just a thing that got blown up. Either way, though, Mike McCarthy looks like the genius. Ron Rivera looks like the fool. Um, So it is what it is. But Mike McCarthy, bench, no bench, huge winner because he did – Kind of guarantee the win. He got it. He looks smart. Uh, And everybody, you know, everybody that thought he was being silly. Granted, it did look a little bit, you know, dicey down near the end but everybody who was upset about it now has to just accept that they won uh so good for the cowboys let's see here uh let's go back i saw we had a super chat from brian says uh are sacks the only stat that you look at for defensive player of the year look at all the stats and you'll see micah should be there with the leading contender i agree i mean that's the thing like i'm not saying tj watt deserves it over micah parsons but it's a it's a fair data point at the very least david J, think of the super chats is calling those stupid pass plays five yards behind the line of scrimmage pisses me off they never work yeah um David, we agree with you. Uh we we agree with you. By the way, just keeping updates here a lot of you asking about Tyron Smith. Um you know, no no update yet from Mike McCarthy who's at the podium. So we'll see what happens. Oh man, uh different uh you know, report. This isn't about the Cowboys, but the Baltimore Ravens uh fear is that Lamar Jackson may have a high ankle sprain. So, you know, heads up in your fantasy leagues or whatever the case may be. But um yeah, I mean we we've, we've talked about this. I mean, we we can only say this, you know, several you know, there's a finite number of ways that we can say this. The Cowboys offense is not good. The Cowboys offense is trapped. The Cowboys offense can't get out of its own way. And that's just the design of the offense, let alone when you get to the quarterback, the person who's executing these things. Dak Prescott has not been good. I mean, let's, let's face it. Dak Prescott has been bad. Dak Prescott has – today, actually, we'll um we'll put this, this question out to you. And I would like true or false answers or agree or disagree, however you want to go here. Just make your point known. And let's be serious here. We're having this serious question because look, we got a division to win. All right, we got some playoffs to get to, and we're excited about it. And we have some more, you know, losers um, or losers in general uh, to get to and honorable mentions. By the way, since we're here, let's just let's just do it. Lizard losers. I was going to say lizards. Uh, there's no lizards here. Uh, loser, Kellen Moore. Loser, capitalizing on turnovers, as mentioned. We've kind of in- you know covered everything here, uh, but loser, Dak Prescott. So my question to you, uh, loyal viewer, loyal listener, loyal human being, was. Is this, I'll start first here. Was this the worst game that Dak Prescott has ever played for the Dallas Cowboys? In your estimation, was this the worst game against the Washington football team that Dak Prescott has ever played for the Dallas Cowboys? Now, to be clear here, there have been uh, some stinkers. All right? There have been some tough ones. There have been some tough things to, to take. Now, a lot of you coming in, no. That, good. Glad to see that. Now, some of you coming in, yes. Some, that, sometimes the comments take a minute. We're all over the place here. we got a lot of comments in different directions here. It's in the top three. I mean, at the very least, it's it's in the top three right now. And I, w- I need some time to kind of let it marinate to fully decide. It's in the top three, uh, especially considering the pick six at the very end. I mean, that is an extremely uncharacteristic thing for Dak Prescott. Um, so it's it's up there. I mean, I don't I don't know that I'm ready to say it is the worst, but it is in the neighborhood. I mean, it is right up there. Um, it's uh it's tough, it's tough cookies to say the leaf, say the least. Um, and I get it, says it, Dak is stuck on home run plays. That's it. Dak singles work, doubles work. I mean, but Dak wants to hit the home run. It's um, it's tough. Benny says, and I don't want to like overreact or whatever, uh, but Benny says we're not championship caliber. They're not. The Cowboys are not championship caliber right now. The Cowboys don't look like a championship team. Again, as we um, look at uh, Twitter, just to make sure everything's here. Uh, everything's good. Everything is Sorry, uh, It's difficult to read and talk at the same time, but the Cowboys are not a championship team right now. They are a playoff team in literal sense. In a, in a literal sense, they're going to be a playoff team, but they do not like a team that can Win a championship right now. Now a lot can change. Obviously, there's still a month left in the regular season, but right now they do not look like they have it. Jerga says huge Dak fan here, but that cap strain seems to have broken him somehow. Mentally, he hasn't been the same since it happened. I I I have a hard time disagreeing with this, and I don't want to. You know, I don't. Uh, by the way, is Chargers Thanksgiving 2017. Yeah, that's probably it. That's that's definitely the one. Um, man, I mean, just a. A befuddling situation for Dak Prescott because there's no reason, right? Like, like you you mentioned that 2017 Thanksgiving game that was, you know, the middle of a mega funk for the Cowboys. That were those were their first three games without Zeke Elliott uh, due to the suspension. That was actually their third game in 2017 that the Cowboys scored in the single digits. That was the first time in Dallas Cowboys franchise history that they went three straight games scoring in the single digits. That three-game stretch, by the way, did include the Chaz Green game. So just an awful moment. And again, like, you know, we're sitting here, we're talking about, you know, and it's true, I'm not trying to make up for it. It's true that Dak Prescott is playing horribly. However, the Cowboys are winning, and that doesn't mean that, you know, him playing horribly should be excused or justified or accepted and not worried about That is a mega problem for the Cowboys. They have to fix this. If they want to make some noise in the playoffs, the Cowboys have to fix the issues that are encircling their quarterback right now. But – it does say something about the team overall because we've got the Dak Prescott issue that we've got the team issue. It, it says a lot actually about the team issue. And this is where I do think that Mike McCarthy deserves credit. I do think that Dan Quinn deserves credit. I do think that Micah Parsons and Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence and Neville Gallimore and Doran Armstrong. And even today, Leighton Vanderish deserve credit and Anthony Brown dropping interceptions deserve credit. All these people deserve credit because before it's, it's, You know, it's just been Dak, and if Dak's not on, then they're screwed, right? Here it's like, man, Dak is awful. Dak is playing terrible. Dak is playing some woof football, but the team is playing really well. Now you need the context that kind of comes in the middle of that, where you say, well, we're playing really well, but we're beating these like scrub teams. We're beating Taysom Hill and Taylor Heineke. What's going to happen when we play somebody good? I don't know what's going to happen when we play somebody good, but I can tell you this, it's not going to happen for a little while because next week the Dallas Cowboys are going to visit the New York Giants and who knows who's going to play in that game, whether it's going to be Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon. And after that, they get this same sorry Washington team again. After that, yeah, they play the Arizona Cardinals and that could be a difficult proposition for them. It's obviously going to be one. And if they lose, if they get blown out, we're all going to be sitting here one week away from the playoffs. We're going to be panicking because we're going to say you cannot compete with the legitimate teams in the NFL. And so I liked what Greg Olson said on the broadcast during the second half about how this could have been an opportunity for the Cowboys to kind of work on some things because at the time it seemed like they were going to cruise comfortably to a win. They did not do either of those things. But the Cowboys clearly have to figure something out. It's, it's not only Dak. I mean, Dak is awful, awful, awful. But there are other issues and other things, other variables on this team that are also awful, 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 including Kellen Moore, including their overall offensive disposition. I think Mike McCarthy deserves some blame for that. He deserves a lot of credit for everything that's going well with the Cowboys, but it has been not great. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball ever since the cast train happened as many people have pointed out uh let's see here let's get to honorable mentions i like what Watson Mata says here maybe honorable mention for Lyell for defending deck uh, we talked about this a little while ago uh 2020s team low moment was andy dalton cheap shot concussion and nobody beat up boston agreed i definitely think that Lyell deserves an honorable mention Lyell played um fine played well uh the cowboys offensive line was was okay um, you know, for the most part, but this was a great moment uh for Lyle Collins, certainly. Uh, let's see here. A lot of you coming back here. Sanusi Cole says, plus Zeke being banged up, no running back at the moment. I mean, Zeke is I don't want to Zeke Zeke is hurt, and so I'm not gonna, you know, disparage Zeke right now, but Zeke is not the best running back on this team right now. I, he might be, you know, more beloved than Tony Pollard, but he is not the best running back on this team right now. So the Cowboys also, you know had you know a situation where they don't didn't have the best running back on their team here um now here i mentioned this a little while ago um Lee Baker the second uh, Barker excuse me Lee Barker the second says Rel- relax wins in December are huge don't be proud just win baby and again I, th- this is what a lot of people are going to say this week I, Cowboys fans all over the world are going to have this argument back and forth all week long say we're bad we're awful we're trash. deck sucks blah 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 and then you're going to get the pushback you're going to get the people who say they're winning why are you upset they're 2-0 in December they've won their last two games on the road Mike McCarthy missed one of them they've had a lot of trials and tribulations all of that is true all, all of these things can be true number one that it's impressive that the Cowboys are winning right now. Number two, that they're 2-0 in the month of December, a critical month, obviously, as far as the regular season is concerned, that they do not look very good, generally speaking, and that if they had played better teams than New Orleans and Washington, they probably would not be 2-0. And that the future of this team in the immediate you know, window here, as far as 2021 is concerned, doesn't look too promising. It's possible for all of those things to be true. Just because the Cowboys are 2-0 in December does not mean that everything is hunky-dory. Just because the Cowboys are playing really badly right now does not mean the end of the world is here. But there is a middle ground in between those truths that we are currently living in where we are saying it's awesome that the Cowboys have won these last two games. It's awesome that right now we have a lot of you know qualms with this team that we want to see fixed, but that they're 2-0 in the games that we're kind of discovering them. All of that is great. All of that is good contextually. However, it is not good or promising for the future of this team. We don't know how this team's going to play as far as the playoffs are concerned. Right now, if we had to wager, it would not be very good. Um, and so that's just kind of where they're at. Let's see here. Um, Let's get back. Um, Tony says, Dak sucks. He's off. And it continues. We're not going far in the playoffs. This should have been a blowout. I agree that it should have been a blowout. I agree that Dak Prescott's been awful. I'm not going to say Dak sucks. I mean, Dak has more than carried the cowboys as far as his career is concerned i'm not going to say he sucks all right that's just again Dak is still in the overall a great quarterback he's clearly not playing very well he's clearly in one of the bigger slumps of his career now brian garcia says the team is still banged up i would put it to you brian who is not banged up who's not dealing with some? look at washington in this game washington had like nobody on their team taylor heineke gets hurt i mean they have nobody you know that's that's, you know, really able to play offensively for them of note. Terry McLaurin gets hurt in this game and they're still able to move the ball. Granted, they did get the pick six, obviously, there at the end. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys are relatively healthy. I mean, we saw that on the defensive side of the ball. We saw what it was like to have Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory and Neville Gallimore and Micah Parsons. I mean, we had all these guys. So the Cowboys are, you know relatively healthy here's another argument that comes up people and look these are going to happen these are going to hit your twitter mentions all week long from uh robert robert says it's a divisional game yes it's a divisional game but we all agree that this washington team sucks we can't all week long when we're trying to make fun of them be like this team sucks how is this team getting excited blah 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 and then come here and try to pretend like we're proud of this one because washington is some good team they're not Yes, they had won four games in a row. Yes, that was impressive. Yes, it is a division rival. Yes, it is a road game. It's a road game against a division rival in the month of December. All those things are true, but it's still not a very good team, so we don't need to put lipstick on this pig. Um, So it is what it is. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Christopher Lopez, thank you here, says Dallas needs to position themselves for the best path to win the Super Bowl. I agree. Brian H. says, would Pollard have made a difference? I think Pollard would have allowed for more – and I say this somewhat tongue in cheek. Uh, more creativity on offense. I think that they are stuck. They they don't have anything to really, you know. They remind me. I I love the show Survivor. They're like a tribe that doesn't have the flint and and can't get the fire going. We know that the capability for the fires. they there, right. They have the husk and the wood and the you know, other fire-making materials, but they don't have the flint to get the fire started. And so if you've watched Survivor in the more recent seasons, no spoilers here, but there is a fire-making challenge, and it gets really stressful when somebody can't get the fire going. And that's kind of what the Cowboys are. They're trying to strike this thing, you know, a rock or a knife or whatever. I'm a little bit over my head here with uh, analogies. I'm not a fire maker myself, but that's what the Cowboys are. They're trying to get a a spark. They're trying to get something going and they just do not have anything. They cannot get that spark. They have the tower built with all the, is it kindling? Um, They have everything ready. As long as that spark comes, then it all take off. And we see that in stretches. We saw that at the end of the first half when the Cowboys offense is in two minute mode, bada bing, bada boom, they're going to score, except they didn't score. They had to settle for a field goal, but let's let's let bygones be bygones. The point here, is that this offense still has that potential, but they just cannot get that spark going on a very consistent basis, which is a troubling thing. Again, as we get deeper and deeper and deeper into the month of the uh, uh, in the month of December, uh, let's see here. Burmese Star says, uh, or I love this comment. Kind of Where did it go? They're using moss-covered st- stones. That's exactly what's happening. Uh, Brian H says, speaking of Survivor, Danny McRae is on there. I had no idea. That's true. Again, no spoilers here. But that's an interesting comment. This particular week of all weeks, I'll just say that. Anyway, I don't want to get anybody in trouble that hasn't seen Survivor yet. Um, let's see here. Christopher Lopez says, two steps up, one step back." With Dak, agreed. Uh, F. Kit Crutch says, uh, "But we blew out the other divisional teams, so we dropped the ball today, even in a win." That's a great point. Cowboys are three and zero in the division. Both or two of the the two wins before the day were at home at AT&T Stadium, and both of them blowouts. I mean, just domination of you know the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles and Now you struggled. And not only did you struggle, but you struggled offensively, which is supposed to be your bread and butter. And then you let them back in. I mean, that's, you know, I I don't, I'm not like worried about Washington two weeks from now. I'm definitely not worried about New York a week from now, but it was, it was not, you know, it was not this hearty win. You know, it was, you ever like, you ever want to eat your dinner, right? And you're like, oh man, I'm pu-. actually. Here's a perfect analogy for you. Uh, the other night, I mentioned my wife and I were watching Harry Potter. I made a bowl of cereal, Captain Crunch. I know, 32 years old, no big deal. I uh, made a bowl of cereal and I'm super pumped to eat this bowl of cereal. And you know, because I don't want it to get too soggy. And then I got a phone call and I had to deal with the phone call and then something else happened. And so it, it like 15 minutes went by and I was I finally get to the bowl of cereal and everything's all soggy, right? And that's kind of like you know that, that's kind of how this this divisional game was right. Like it just, it didn't, it didn't have the right taste. It, it Sure. It, it got the job done, uh, but it just, you know, it, 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 it got gross is really, you know, kind of what I'm getting at here. Let's see here. Let's get to some honorable mentions. We already went over winners, losers or winners and losers. Honorable mention Trayvon digs would have loved to see him get another interception. Did not happen. Wasn't meant to be no worries. Trayvon. We still believe in you. Um, honorable mention. Greg Zerline, hey, can we get some love for Greg Zerline? My man, I can't say my man. I've, I've disparaged him a lot this season. But my man went four for four on field goals. Four for four, Greg Zerline did on field goals. I mean, this was a perfect day for Greg Zerline on the NFL's worst field. I mean, that's, you know, look. Do we feel any better about Greg Zerline? Hell no. We don't feel awesome about this by any means. Tampa up, by the way, um, now 17 to 13, extra point pending on the Bills. The Bills are frauds, by the way. Tough scene in Buffalo. But uh, see, it could be worse. It could be worse. It could be the Bills. Uh, but seriously, I mean, Greg Zorline went four for four. Um, good for him. We needed all those points. Proud of you, Greg. Definitely proud of you. However, he is not the most special foot on the dallas cowboys i don't think we've given him any love all season honorable mention brian anger i'm gonna say something ridiculous here i don't think it's ridiculous i think brian anger's a pro bowler i think he is i think he partly benefits from the fact that he's a cowboy and he's on a cowboys team that's having a lot of success and he's kind of a famous punter in case anybody doesn't know brian anger was the punter that was drafted by the jacksonville jaguars in 2012 uh that spurred rich Eisen to say punters are people too um so he's he's kind of a well-known guy he plays for the Cowboys really successful Cowboys team Brian Anger has been good this year he's been like we don't talk about him enough Brian Anger has been Really solid for the Cowboys, not a coffin corner punter or anything like that, but really good at kind of flipping the field. And maybe the bar is super low that punters have to cross for us that threshold because we're so used to, you know, Chris Jones over the last couple of years and the Cowboys holding on to him for far too long. But Brian Anger, really proud of you, man. Good job. Uh Congratulations on your honorable mention. Final honorable mention, all right? Because we had four of them. Um, I don't think you're going to be able to get this one um, if I had to have you guess, but I'm not going to have you do that. Offensive line adjustments. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Cowboys offensive line was great in Washington. I'm not going to say that, but I do think that they had a lot to um, have to handle, right? Zach Martin goes down, Tyron Smith, uh, Collins gets ejected. So you've got all these things happening. I mean, you know. Mid game, mid, like literally mid game, Connor McGovern has to flip from the left guard to the right guard spot and then go back to left guard when Connor Williams gets off the field because Zach Martin comes back. So, I mean. That deserves some props. That deserves some credit, I think, for being able to handle that in the middle of the game. That's tough. Good for the Cowboys being able to just handle the change, weather the storm, steady the ship, however you want to put it. Good for them. Um, great job, Cowboys offensive line, contextually speaking. Those are our winners, our losers, and our honorable mentions. Whatever else you want to talk about, though, we definitely will get to. Uh, there was a question here. Uh, where was it? Um, Chris says, how are we the number one offense in the league? Chris. Uh generally speaking, the number one offense in the NFL is the team averaging the most yards per game. Uh, and the Cowboys were exceptional during the first half of the season. So that has really carried them to this point. That is why they're still the number one offense in the league. Brian Rails, thank you for the super chats. I have anger, I uh, gave anger some love a week or two ago. That's right, you did in a super chat, but he needs his respect. All credit, all respect in the world to Brian Anger uh he has been awesome really to say the least Mitchell Green says any word on Tyron nothing yet let's see here we do have a Dak Prescott quote uh now at the podium Dak says um on if this is the best defense the franchise has had during his six-year tenure for sure this defense is great I practice against them every day yeah okay Dak cool um Now be great yourself. Uh, please. Uh, Dak says he told Lyle Collins how much he appreciated him after he stood up for him in the fourth quarter. Good for you, Dak. Um, Dak is giving credit to the defense. Um, so good for him. I mean, really happy to see Dak Prescott, you know, recognizing what's going on. Uh, but says he should have taken the sack Dak does on the fourth quarter interception says there's no excuse for that period. We know we, we know that Dak, um, So, appreciate it. Uh, Anyway, uh, George Hollingsworth says, did you mention Neville Gallimore is an honorable mention, playing a good game and getting a sack on his first game back? I did not, but if you want to put him in, in fact, done. Neville Gallimore, honorable mention. Seriously, great game. This was Neville Gallimore's first game of the season, and he played really well, really gave the Cowboys a lot more room to operate in the way they want to with Micah Parsons. Really great game for Dan Quinn. It's hard to pick somebody specifically. I mean, the the defensive linemen that we gave honorable mentions or winners to here were obviously Randy Gregory. We gave one to Dorrance Armstrong because he had the touchdown. We gave one to Micah Parsons if you want to you know, put him in that, that box. I mean, there were a lot of great performances by Cowboys defensive linemen or defenders overall. We didn't even mention Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence played really well. This was a really great defensive game for the Dallas Cowboys, and I think this is – I said this last week and it doesn't help that we're having to say it again, but if I had told you at the beginning of the season that one thing could be elite on the Cowboys in the middle of December offense or defense, what would you have wanted? What would you have wanted? I would, I would actually like your answers. If you're with us live, if I could have guaranteed, if I was your magic genie, I came out of, um, what did they come out of? Um, not a bottle. What's the thing that um, the genie comes out of in Aladdin? It's like the horizontal. It's like a teacup pour thing. Whatever. Um, if I could have guaranteed you one thing, offense or defense, to be elite in the middle of December, what would you have picked? I, and I think if you if you're saying offense, you're lying. If you're saying offense, I'm I'm gonna call you out. I think you're. Oh, it's a lamp. Thank you very much. I thought, oh, man, that's embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, a lot of you saying defense. Um, and Watsamata, I'm not picking this comment because he said great point, RJ, but it does help. Watsamata says defense. Great point, RJ. We all would have said defense, and we would have said this. This is exactly what we would have said. I'm going back in time now. I'm, going, I'm like, I'm like uh, Clock Stoppers or Marty McFly and the Doc. Doc didn't do anything. Marty did all the work. Um, we would have said, you know what? I will take an elite defense because if the offense is an elite, they'll figure it out right that the offense will figure it out i've seen the offense be elite before i've seen that happen a lot i trust that the offense will be elite plus i'd rather have the elite defense because we're going to have to go against uh, some other elite offenses we're going to have to go against the green bay packers we're going to have to go against the tampa bay buccaneers we're going to have to go against the Los Angeles Rams. We never would have thought the Arizona Cardinals. But you know what I'm saying? We would have said that and we would have said, if if I and if we expand on the question, if I had said, after you had said defense or before, maybe you were on the fence and I said, okay, now if you can only pick one of the two sides of the ball, no discredit to special teams, uh, touchdown, by the way, Jamar Chase for the Bengals, but hopefully he's on your fantasy team. If I had said, if you have to pick one to figure it out, right, if, if you have to pick one to kind of struggle through it and figure it out, and I know we're playing hindsight here, you would have said offense. You would have said, I trust that this offense with Dak and Amari and MG and CD and Schultz and Zeke and Tony Pot, I trust that they'll figure it out. And I trust that too. And I hope you do still. And I know that they're, you know, not giving us any reason to trust them, right? All they reason, all they really have for us to trust them is kind of the last, I don't know, five years. Um, and certainly the first half of this season, we know that's the thing. We're, we're not chasing ghosts here. We're, we're not, we're not moving the goalposts in a really far way, to say this offense can be elite. This offense was elite. This offense was elite two months ago. We, we don't have to look very far. We're not saying, you know, and I think this happens all the time as, as. As an example, the San Francisco 49ers are still trying to be that 2019 team, right? They're they're still trying to be that. And sometimes you can't do that. You can't be that same team two years later. The Cowboys are not trying to be a team from a year ago or two years ago. They're trying to be the offense that they were two months ago. That's very possible. Now, maybe Dak Prescott's still dealing with some, you know, lingering effects of the calf strain. Maybe things are just off. Maybe it is a, a matter of... You know, newness because this group of offensive players, these receivers, this quarterback, these offensive linemen, these running backs have not played a ton of games together. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they just are bad, right? Like maybe that's what it is too. Maybe there is just a simplicity to it all that maybe they are just bad right now. Whatever it is, we trust that the offense will figure it out. I know it doesn't feel promising right now i know you don't, they don't feel great about that right now you wouldn't put a lot of your money on that but if you had to pick one to be elite it would be the defensive side of the ball that's not me trying to say hey shut up be happy the cowboys are winning that's not my point at all you have every right to be concerned you have every right to be worried and freaked out that this offense might not be good to come the most important part of the season which is the playoffs however you also have reason to believe they've given you that before are they going to be that team again? I don't know. I don't know, and and you don't know. We're gonna we're gonna go through it all together. We're gonna to experience it all together. But this offense can be elite. We have seen it before. It's just that, that. That's here's the thing. Like I realize. Um. I by the way, doxon Seven just says just saw Herbert throw the sickest touchdown. He really did. I'm just, I forgot the red zone channel on behind you guys. Great touchdown. I didn't think we could also get a roughing the passer. Jalen Guyton, great catch by the way for that score. Great job, Chargers. Get that win. But if if we had said. If I, had, if I had told you, and I know I'm playing a lot of ifs and, and, what is it, ifs and buts or candy and nuts, whatever, I'm playing a lot of ifs with you, but if I had said that the worst player on the team in December would have been Dak Prescott, you would have said, holy crap, I will take that all day long, and we wouldn't have thought that Dak would have been bad. We would have thought that everybody was just playing really, really, really well, but if there is one dude, and and look, I know he's not playing well right now, and I'm not going to lie to you and say he is, but if there is one dude, who, it, like if, if we had to pick one guy, one person, throughout the entire Cowboys organization that could get out of the funk and get back to the place that the team needs them to be. There is nobody, I think, that we would bet on more than Dak Prescott. Nobody that we would believe could do it more than Dak Prescott. If it was, and I don't mean this with any slides to anybody else, but if it was Dalton Schultz, if it was Neville Gallimore, if it was Osa Digizu or Anthony Brown, we wouldn't believe it would be possible. right? We would say, look, there's no way that that can happen, but Dak Prescott can do it. We know that. So um, let's see here. Uh, Brian on, uh, on on Super chat says, losers, the WTF team. Yeah, I don't know who the – right now, the, the, you know, the Cowboys are the WTF team. Washington's the WFT team. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, let's see here. Uh, a lot of you are arguing in the comments. Um, let's see here. Uh, Ty Kasky says, Giants is the perfect time to get back on track, to be honest. Hopefully. And after next week, the Cowboys are at home for a little while, and, and I think that we all think they certainly need that um you know it's been a long stretch i mean they haven't been at home think about it the last time the cowboys played a home game on a sunday all right on a sunday was the atlanta falcons game the monkey buck game it's been that long sometimes sometimes it goes that long there's just the weirdness of this um this time of the year cowboys this is, this is going to be their third road game in a row. They're two and up so far. They deserve a lot of credit for that. They don't deserve all the credit. Not Everything's not perfect. Everything's not awesome. Everything's not hunky dory and great and, and sunshine and rainbows, but they deserve a lot of credit for persevering through fighting through getting a win, finding a way. Kudos to them. Um, Kudos to you. Uh, let's see here. Um, Dave says, I say, we want the table. I'm serious. I don't know what table we want. Um, I don't know what what table that is, but whatever. um, I want it too, whatever the table is. Uh, Watsamata, big loser. Super chat says the, uh, whoa, um, uh, there was an episode on our podcast network. um, uh, Rhiannon Walker from The Athletic uh, was uh, not a fan of the Cowboys. That's okay. Um, so, Hey, no big deal. Uh, sometimes look, we have guests on, sometimes they believe in the Cowboys, sometimes they don't. So it is what it is. Girls talking boys. One of the great shows that we offer you, uh, on the blog and the boys podcast network again, available wherever you get your podcast. Uh, if you can subscribe, leave a rating, those things, uh, those things help us out a lot. Uh, let's see here. Uh, little boats says the difference in this team is they would have lost for years with their starting quarterback playing like this. I agree. And and that's where, again, Mike McCarthy deserves credit. We talked about this. The Cowboys deserve credit for powering through. Oh, run the table is the comment. Yeah, I I think I agree with you guys. Let's run the table. Cool. All right, cool. We got that. We were talking about the Bills a little while ago. I didn't know what the table comment was, but agreed. I think it's impressive that they're finding ways to win despite the offensive clunkiness. They're a little bit lucky right that they've played some lower teams but you can only play who's in front of you and so you know there's a little bit of this there's a little bit of that there's context here there's context there all of it is necessary as uh the giants um are about to go into the locker room at halftime down 24 to 7 you hate to see it you really do uh but uh yeah cody melton says if i think you mean if the offense clicks we're in the nfc championship that's the thing that's kind of where i'm i'm coming around on this maybe now i'm getting you know positive and optimistic if the Cowboys offense stabilizes, which isn't the most far-fetched thing in the world to believe, it's not. I mean, I know it feels that way right now. It is not inconceivable that the Cowboys offense would start playing well again. And if they do, this is the defense we wanted, right? If, if you put this defense, what the defense we're seeing with the offense that we saw the first half of the season, bam. I mean, I know that that's a big if. I know it's a big if, and, you know. There's a lot to go. There's still a month. Uh, it is officially halftime, by the way. Giants are losing 24-7. to 7. You really do hate to see it. Uh, but uh, it's a lot to ask. So uh, we'll see, though. Next up, the New York football Giants on the road. Cowboys are done wearing their Navy uniforms. I know a lot of you don't like them, but they are 2-0 and in them over the last two weeks. So uh, good for the Cowboys. So appreciate everybody for joining us here um on our post game show lots of action coming up in the nfc east again lots of nfc east games happening the cowboys there's two nfc east games next week cowboys visit the giants the washington football team visit the philadelphia eagles again we'll see whether the giants are four and nine or five and eight after today's game but they are clearly going to be four and nine Um, uh, but so we are rooting for the cowboys goes without saying and we are also rooting for the philadelphia eagles if the cowboys and eagles both win next week It is NFC East championship time here on our postgame show. Kellen King says, I think Parsons is the rookie of the year, but he is the best defense. Is he the best defensive player on the Cowboys? Uh, I I know you said that it's a question, Kellen. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, he's the best defensive player on the Cowboys. I mean, there was a little while where it was a little bit touch and go. um, And I I still believe in Demarcus Lawrence. Randy Gregory is amazing. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs offers a lot himself. Micah Parsons is the best defensive player on the Cowboys. It's not close. I mean, he's just that good. I mean that with no disrespect to any player on the Cowboys defense. That is not Micah Parsons. He is amazing. Chris Smith with a great point. Victory polo Monday, baby. If you want to take a photo, a selfie of yourself wearing a Dallas Cowboys polo, it doesn't even have to be a polo. It doesn't even have to be a Cowboys. thing. just take a selfie, tweet it at us. I'm at RJ We are at blogging. The boys we will share it. Victory polo Monday, number nine, the Dallas Cowboys are oh, so close to an NFC East championship. So, Let's uh let's think positive. So, thank you so much to everybody for joining us on our post game show. I uh, hope if you did some Christmas shopping this week and it went really well, uh, or whatever you got going on. These are obviously some crazy times, the holiday season. Um, whenever we speak to you next, we, we hope you and your family have happy holidays. Uh, we're so honored. We're so privileged that you take time out of your very busy life to hang out with us here at Blog and the boys. And if you want to support us, please subscribe to the blog and the boys, YouTube channel, please subscribe to our podcast network, follow us on social media. Um, those things really help us out a lot, those subscriptions. And so, uh, we're all a Cowboys family. And so it's fun. I mean, no matter what happens, obviously when the Cowboys win, it's a lot more fun. Um, even when they win like this, it's it's still a lot of fun to get together around the campfire like we do here and talk about the best team in the world. Uh, so thank you, everybody. Hope you have a great Victory Polo Monday yourselves. Hope the weekend treated you well. Um, next week, let's get an NFC East title. But my name is RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. If email is more your speed, you can email me, rj.ochoa at sbnation.com. But uh, that about does it for now, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.